Hi, pals. Welcome to Leaders Learning, a podcast of conversations with great leaders. I'm the host, Blaine Hill. About halfway through 2020, I wanted to hear from strong leaders about how they're leading in the many challenges of the year. This podcast is the result of those conversations. I have a request to make. Could you subscribe, maybe review the podcast? Five stars, please, and thank you. Today's guest is Terrence Green, chief of the Lexington, South Carolina Police Department. Chief Green began his work in law enforcement as a reserve police officer while studying at the University of South Carolina. He joined the Lexington Police Department in 1993, where he became the chief in 2006. I caught up with Chief Green because one of his children and one of my sons are good friends. He and his family are active members of Brooklyn Baptist Church, where he serves on the senior usher board. I am sorry about the quality of the recording. The quality of what Chief Green has to share is definitely worth it. Chief Green, welcome to Leaders Learning. Twenty twenty has had a lot of surprises, and I wonder has anything been particularly surprising to you in your work in the police department? I think the only thing that's been surprising me how how COVID nineteen has crippled has crippled uh, us as a, a nation. Um, everything else going on with the riots, the limiting, shocking. Yes, um, never thought we would have uh, a riot going going on in Colombia. But not shocking that uh, there's stuff still in our criminal justice system that needs to be fixed. Uh, we still got a long way to go um, to fix that. But uh, I'm very alarmed how how, uh, how we have let COVID-19 kind of just slow the way how we live our life here in America. Um, also, how some people has resisted ways of trying to slow this thing down. But 2020 has been interesting. Um, hopefully 2020 brings a lot of reform in our line of work. We do need reform. A lot of people thought body cameras was the save all, catch all, but we're now seeing that we got to go deeper into the law enforcement system. And that's what happened. You know, we didn't, you know, they say defund law enforcement. We never fund it. Uh, just like we have done education, just like have we done our roads, just like we've done, uh, our, uh, health, mental health aspect, you know, law enforcement, public safety is an infrastructure and we have not funded the way we need to. So uh, shocking that these things going on. Now you see what happened in um, Wisconsin. I don't know the whole story, but you know, people are saying they're shocked, you know, no, I'm not shocked because we have not put enough into the law enforcement system. Theologically, I'm a Calvinist, which means I know things can go bad. So I'm all, I say that I'm always startled, but I'm not really shocked. You know, you, you, you step back and pause and you go on with life. And I guess being in law enforcement over 27 years, nothing shocks me anymore. Um, nothing shocks me. We, we, we expect the best, but we prepare for the worst all day long. So that's what we do here in law enforcement. One of the things, as I was thinking about this, is you, and I've heard police officers say this, that you are with people in some of the most serious and stressful moments of their life, life and death. People have been harmed by violence, people confronted by their bad, bad actions. And then, of course, it's all very challenging for the officers as well. I wonder, what role does faith play in the life of your officers, 
in you for you both in leading them and serving the people of the town of Lexington? Well, I, you know, for me, faith is huge. I, I if I didn't have my faith in in Jesus Christ, I'd have been going mad by now. And I've seen it with some of our officers, you know, how they live their Christian life. Uh, we all, we have a, uh, a chaplain team here of close to six or seven members that talk to officers if they need, need it. But I'm telling you, just having the balance, knowing that, you know, you know, our God has something better for us. Um, this is not the end. You know, this just, uh, a storm we're going through, there's something we're trying, and maybe he's testing our faith through this. Maybe he's saying, you know, you know, if you really, really believe that I am your savior, you can get through this. And I and I, I told my kids the other day and I told my wife, I said, we get through 2020, nothing should be able to stop you. Because this has been the year of everything being thrown at everyone. Uh, but I think this is the time for us as Christians to look at our fellow man and say, how can I help the other person? This is what it's all about. This is the time you go and you, you don't think about yourself. You should be thinking about other ones. You should be thinking about those elderly people in the home. You should be thinking about your, your, your people who are mentally ill. You should think about the people who are hungry at this time. And that's what we as Christians should be dealing with during these hard times of 2020. Absolutely loving our neighbor. I, I would say the thing that has surprised me most, me most in this year is having so many large social upheavals, COVID, the police injustice, social protests, civil unrest. And then, of course, the political divisions our country is facing are very strong. We, we see that in this week and last week with the national conventions. We can feel that tug. I can feel that tug. I wonder what you have learned about about leading with multiple massive challenges on hand? Well, you know, um, I'll quote Martin Luther King with all the uprising. When you see people uprise and riot, riding is the voice of the unheard. You have a lot of people, you know, a lot of people try to say, you know, like we're we're riding for George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, or, you know, we're resisting the uh, COVID-19 uh, whatever it might be, but I, I really think these are people, voices who have been heard. You have a lot of people who are unemployed. You have a lot of people who don't have health care. You have a lot of people who are not getting the same education that everybody gets around the whole country. Just think about in South Carolina, you know, our kids go to great schools. Great schools. Great schools. But you go on the corridor shame on I-95, why isn't balance? Why isn't the education the same? You, you, you look at people as income, you know, you got people, you got, you know, most of these young people you see out there, they go to college, you know, because they've been told you go to college for the American dream. And when they get out of college, they're stifling with student loans and they're not getting those jobs they should have. So I think um, the uprising is we have a lot of underlying factors that are causing this. And until we approach these, these items one by one, and see how we can help our fellow man, we're going to continue to have these uprisings. They're going to get uh, worse. Now, I, 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 I'm I, totally against the rioting. I'm, I'm all for uh, peaceful protesting. But uh, it, it needs to come to the point that we go on both sides. How can we help each other? And we're not doing that. We have 
we have come a, a nation of you're not agreeing what I, I, I you, you don't agree what I say. I'm not listening to you. We don't agree to disagree anymore and move on. We used to do that, but now we don't. We can look at our Congress and we surely can see that if they disagree on something, it stops, it dies. And it might be a good idea. I have to say, um, it's nice to hear you as a public official being willing to name those underlying needs. And, and I think that's part of our vocation as Christians. One of the things I'm wrestling with is how do we articulate that in the church and for the world? You've mentioned a number of things in our nation that are going on that obviously made it a very hard time to be a police officer. Uh, and I've been astonished with the cries to defund the police. And then at the same time, we've all heard of these upsetting cases just this week in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Jacob Blake was shot. And then I believe last night, I, like you said, we don't know the whole story, but two more people were killed. Uh, it's bad. Difficult times are when both the quality of our faith and the quality of our leadership are tested. Are tested. How have you led your officers in, in the face of strong public critique of American policing? When you have difficult times, you should be preparing for that all the time. You should be, your guys should be prepared for these days. Um, and with us, we do a lot with our community. And I always say when America is burning, in Lexman, our citizens rise up and give us us the support. Now we see the difficulties in America, and we see the difficulties here, even us now in, uh, in, in South Carolina. But what we have seen is that when you pour into your community, that they can trust you, they can depend on you. You are part of the team because if you think about it, law enforcement is a community, and the community is law enforcement. They both go hand in hand. And if you have that understanding, your citizens know they can trust you. I mean, you know, through these, since the ride in, since COVID-19, Lane, I can tell you, we have been blessed by our citizens by bringing us cards, our uh, children writing cards, bringing in cakes, bringing in food, bringing all these different things because we have made that connection with our community. And that's the number one thing I think that helped us in this difficult time. And that's why we prepared before. Um, yes, will something happen in Lexington? Yes, it will happen in Lexington. Uh-oh, so this is where the online call failed. I put the chief on speaker and recorded from there. You were in the middle of an amazing answer about the challenges of, of how you lead your police officers. And you were talking about uh, preparing ahead of time. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's you know, it's imperative you 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 do that. Um, you prepare for because it, it it will happen. What happened in Kenosha? What happened in in Minnesota? What happened all over? It can happen. And you got to say it is if it's you can't say if it's going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. And I think that's how you go with your training. You go back. You look at your training. Uh, you go back and look at your policies. You know. Just from the George Floyd incidents, we have revamped policies. We have put things in place. We have added new policies so we can anticipate if something happens. So I think you learn from the difficult situations that life puts you through. The other half of your job, at least as I imagine it, is you're responsible not only leading the police officers, but you have to, you, you are leading your community as well as 
And uh, how do you address questions and concerns of the citizens that you serve? Well, I think you, you take them one by one. You take one, one by one and each, and just know this, even though you're in a community, you have to look at that you have a diverse community and everybody look at things differently. You're going to have the your, your white population, your African-American population, your Asian Indian population. We all look at things different because we are brought up differently. What you do, you listen to each person and you don't compromise your answer you make sure that the answer that we're giving them is what we practice. And, but, you know, sometimes it will offend, but you stand by your decision, but you take in, 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 in you take into hand that, Hey, people look at things differently when they see something, when they, when, when they're approached by the police department, you have different people with different cultures, how they deal with uh, law enforcement, you know, and you know, here in America, the African-American community, we have a lack of trust of, of law enforcement. Your, your Latino uh, population, especially the Hispanic population from uh, Mexico, from the, some of the uh, drug-torn uh, countries, they don't believe in the police department because of the corruption in the police department. Um, so you look at each individual separately and you address their concerns, uh, but you don't compromise your policy, your procedures, and what you what you're driven to do. You have a distinct, maybe even a unique perspective on the the challenges of race and policing. I think you've been a police officer 25 years. Yeah, I'm going over 27 years. Awesome. 27, 28 years. And then, then the obvious piece, of course, is you've been a black man your whole life. I uh, hope so. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I wonder if you have some insight that you could share from your particular perspective. Well, you know, um, you know, growing up for us in, in our community, my community, uh, law enforcement was reverent. Uh, we used to have a, uh, 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 a black deputy. He would come in our area. We knew him, respected him. You know, if you saw him come in, you know that, uh, okay, somebody's getting ready to go to jail or, you know, he's here to help. I never had a bad uh, incident with law enforcement um, because I was told don't fight it, uh, don't fight with law enforcement. You fight your your battle in the courtroom. Our parents always told us that. So my perspective was that if I did encounter law enforcement, if something did come up, if I thought I was right, I didn't battle battle the, the cop on the side of the road. I battled him in the courtroom. We always been taught that from our parents. Um, so we knew that, hey, the only way we can survive this is let that cop go on his way and let ourselves go on our way. Now, I have had many of my friends that have had bad experiences, some that being profiled, being racially profiled, being stopped uh, next and now uh, while we're at Carolina or do you belong on this campus? just because of the color of your skin. Those things do get on your, un, under your skin. But if you are taught and if you are, uh, uh, you have the mindset, hey, I can't battle him right now, but when we get to the courtroom, or, hey, I need to see a supervisor. Take it up. Let's look at an investigation. So that's how I, I, my perspective have always been with law enforcement is don't fight on the side of the road. Fight in the courtroom or fight 
uh, with a complaint. So they can get better or me and myself or family can get members can get better. And I even teach my kids that uh, a lot of people, you know, you know, they, they hear that we have to talk, but African American males, you know, I got Joshua, you got Joe, mm-hmm. they just got license. And, you know, I told Joshua, you know, you know, you, when you stop by a cop, you know, you show you, uh, have your hands on the steering wheel. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know, he knows where the document's in the car. Don't argue with the officer. Argue him in the court if he thinks it's right. I just learned, you know, because I, I was speaking at another engagement that I have some of my white friends say, hey, we have that talk with our kids too also. So, you know, we as a community, we as races, we think we're different, but we share the same concerns in the household. And uh, I think that's what make us uh, much more alike. I really appreciate that. You sharing your experience as growing up and with your family. I wonder if, um, if there's anything else uh, that you might like to share or insight that you have. Well, I, 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 this is what I, I would like to, to say that, you know, you know, we as Americans, if when you see something that is not right, regardless of party affiliation, regardless of religious affiliation, whatever you're a part of, if something's not right, stand up and say something. I think that's what we have neglected. I think that's where America is hurting at. We as a people are not standing up and saying, hey, this is not right. We need to fix it. Um, and I think if we as Americans, we as community leaders will get up and do that, regardless of our party affiliations, America will be much stronger. America will be able to unite. Thank you very much. That is a good and encouraging word for us. I, really, I do really appreciate that. Thanks to Chief Green for his time and his patience with my technology trouble. And thank you for listening. I was impressed by the Chief's clear and direct understanding of the Christian call to help our neighbors. It was bracing to hear him say that the trouble we see in Kenosha, Wisconsin, or in Minneapolis, that trouble can come to our community. And until we address the underlying needs of our neighbors, we will continue to see violence erupt. He's right. If we see something that is wrong, we are the one who should say something and do something. I would love to hear your thoughts on the conversation, and I hope you join me next time. Maybe you know someone I should speak with on the Leaders Learning Podcast. Send me an email to leaderslearning2020 at gmail.com. You can catch up on all of our conversations at our website, leaderslearning.net. God bless. And I hope to see you soon, one way or another.